So today I'm talking to Chrissy Canny, my friend and the owner of Benton in Brooklyn. Um, I'm going to let her discuss uh, Benton in Brooklyn because no one discusses it better than she does. Um, but if you don't know about her company, I highly recommend it because it is an amazing gift and it's a, a give back company, which I love. And actually, today we're going to be talking about friendships and women doing exactly what I'm doing right now, which is um, kind of lifting them and cheering for them and supporting them and telling people about them because Chrissy and I both feel like we live, our friendship is based on um, lifting each other up. A hundred percent. And a hundred percent is. It's it's completely about, listen, if I'm doing something and you think it'll work for you, go for it. If you can make it better, do it. So uh, thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. You're very, very welcome. So I want you to tell everybody about yourself because my podcast is not for me to talk. It's for me to listen because oh, I love listening okay. and then having a great conversation from what I learn. So what do I usually tell everybody? Yeah. Hi, I'm Chrissy Canny. And yep. as you said, you can't say my name without saying my last name. So um, oh, yeah, you can't. <laughs> I never call her Chrissy. I call her never Chrissy, Chrissy Canny. Canny. So Chrissy Canny, Chrissy Canny. <laughs> <laughs> Do that. Oh, geez. So uh, I always say I'm a, a wife, a mom, uh, a serial entrepreneur, an avid fundraiser, yeah. a lifter of women, the CEO of Vented in Brooklyn, the aromatherapy jewelry company with the mission of giving back. And uh, most recently, I'm a breast cancer survivor and warrior. And yes. that is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. So tell us about that journey, your journey with uh, breast cancer, because the way it's tied into your company and how you started your company uh, is full circle. And when I tell people your story, they they kind of look at me like you're kidding me. And I go, no. So, yeah, I think um, I say it was God's way of preparing me for my cancer journey. So, OK, let so we'll go. We'll start with the company. So Vent in Brooklyn for the past six years has been gifting cancer patients um, in honor of my dad, who I lost to cancer 20 years ago. But what it did was introduce me to amazing women mm -hmm. who were breast cancer survivors, and they shared their stories openly with me. So I was very, very educated in all types of surgeries, uh, whether they had chemotherapy, tamoxifen, what they decided to do with their diagnosis, how they were diagnosed, how they found their lump. Yep. So... It was a little gift for me. Uh, for the past 10 years, every time I went for a mammogram, it was like, oh, Mrs. Canny, we see something. And so I've been going every six months. So back um, to 2020, December, I was getting ready to go on live TV. It was time for my six-month checkup at Sloan. Mm -hmm. And I was at Sloan because they have a wonderful RISE program there. My sister had breast cancer 15 years ago. Okay, I'm going to – I just have to please tell everybody when you say live TV, it's not just, oh, that's nice. What were you getting <laughs> ready to go on? Uh, so I was on a show called America's Big Deal. Yes. It was with Joy Mangiano. Uh, anybody who's an entrepreneur, a woman entrepreneur, knows and loves her, the Miracle Mop, uh, and all that great stuff. So she had this TV show where you would get up, talk live, like a little mini QVC presentation, and you would sell live on TV. It was so, on, but it was on a major network. So it, it was, was on like, USA Network. It was, uh, yeah, it was 
yeah. it was good. It mm-hmm. was fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, but there was months of preparation. So I was working on it for about from start to finish, like putting in the first application, uh, at least six months of hard, dedicated work. So when uh, I went in that day from a mammogram, I was like, OK, you know, like we're just going to it's going to be the same thing as usual. Yeah. Come back in six months. But the doctor walked out, um, sat down and looked at me and I was like, oh, crap. Wait, are we cursing on this or no? Oh, yes, we okay. can. Okay, good. All right. You know how I have a truck driver's mouth. Um, so not to offend any truck drivers. <laughs> um, so she just sat down and looked at me and said, I think you have DCIS. And fortunately, but unfortunately, I had two girlfriends that were diagnosed with it the year before. And what is DCIS? So DCIS is ductal carcinoma in situ, okay. which means that the, the cancer starts in your duct and starts to come out. Yes. So mine was st- still what, after having a biopsy, it was found out that I had uh, 0.5 cancer, not stage zero, not stage one. It's DCIS with microinvasion. So it was starting to make its way through the breast. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know, the doctor gave me the choice that like, oh, you can have a lumpectomy. And I'm like, okay, how much of my breast would you b- be removing? And she's like, you know, about this big, which mm-hmm. I, we started calling the spicy tuna roll in my house. We didn't oh. refer to my breast cancer as cancer. We talk, called it spicy tuna roll. That's my daughter named it. Um, so which was really basically a third of my breast. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And what else am I going to need? She's like, you're going to need five weeks of radiation. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. how about tamoxifen? Am I going to have to do that after? She's like, oh, yeah, for five years. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go in menopause. Yeah. You're like, I like having sex and yeah. I like having fun. I don't want to do that right now. Yeah. So I walked out that day and decided I was having a double mastectomy with um, nipple and skin save. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the best decision of my life. I came home. I openly told everyone. You did. Because how can I be on this journey interviewing all of these wonderful women who shared their journey with me and not go out and share my journey? Yes. You know, you and I are both huge advocates. Huge advocates, advocates. of sharing what you know, sharing what you know. And, and you went one step further and you literally took us on the journey with you. I did. Literally. And... Literally, which is a word I know is used way too often, but in this realm, it's very necessary. Right off the bat, you saved two women. Yes. Just by going like two women that we knew mm-hmm. who were watching you. And, and this was all Facebook and, and Instagram and, you know, just whatever followers that you had. But two women that we both knew said, you know what? I'm going to go get this checked out. And both of them, both of them had it. And they would not have gone for those examinations had you not been talking so much about it. It was almost like you were their little, I call them God touches, where you're something, right. you look at something or you hear something and you're like, normally it wouldn't hit me this way. Why all of a sudden can I not think about this? Or why am I looking at it a little differently or hearing the message a little differently? And that's a God touch. And they kind of, you know, says the girl who hasn't been in church. And if she went to church again, would probably fall down on her. But no, you know, I'm, I am, I do have my beliefs and my spirituality. And you, you were the reason why they caught their cancer so early. Yeah. You know, I, like I said, this business was a gift I started this business after praying for an idea from God how to give back and to um, make others feel good and not alone and honor cancer patients. And it was a gift to me because Mm -hmm. I was, I cried twice 
Yeah. You know, like the last time I had sex and before surgery and then the first time I looked at my breast and maybe a little couple of tears the night the doctor called me. But I have been so lucky and empowered and knew that I was going to be okay. And I had thousands of people praying for me. Yeah. Power of prayer. Yes. Yes. yes we know that so yes. well. And now the the company ended up taking on like a completely different meaning. Sorry, I have to. Uh, because now you were going back and you were giving out your bracelets, your bracelets as a survivor mm -hmm. and yeah. a survivor. I love survivor. You know that. Yeah. Um, but what, one thing that I did during it, because, you know, my biggest claim to getting through a situation is by giving others strength. Right. So I asked all my friends and family to donate a bracelet for a cancer patient. And I had the mission of the day that I went in for surgery that I was going to gift cancer patients as I went in. And we wound up collectively on my two surgeries. We gave away 600 bracelets to cancer patients and to the staff. And what was great was that it really kept me off of myself and focused on others. I handwritten every single note from a friend. I packaged each one and it kept me distracted. Yeah, so in the midst of going through all this, you were you were giving hope and you were you were taking the well wishes and the prayers of all these other women and and physically giving them to other patients, which from the outside was it was a miracle to kind of see it and think this is this is how we should all live our lives. We should all take what we learn and turn it into something of hope for someone else. These are like these are the stories that I wish were on the news. And mm -hmm. and uh, because the news, I don't know about you, but I can't even I can barely watch mm -hmm. the news. But it's stories like this that I wish more people knew about. Um Yes, to help your company, because what your company does, you know, from day one, I fell in love with the whole concept of this. Um, but to kind of, you know, remind people that we're human beings and we have hearts and we really do care, because I think a lot of people don't think right. that outside of their realm, people really care anymore. And we do. And I think that's another reason why our friendship has flourished in the way that it has. And like, we're almost, we... I, I have a friend that I've always said we lived parallel lives, and I think you're the only other friend I can say that actually lives a parallel life to me because we seem to always be in uh, on the same lane, different tracks, but the same lane. And I say different tracks because we got on our, tra on our tracks for different reasons, but we're always kind of like riding next to each other, and one is a little ahead, but it doesn't matter. It's never like it's ahead. It's like no, there she like she's she's going to a next des destination. I'm gonna catch up, and and while she's going there, I'm gonna be tooting my horn, and I'm gonna tell her get there, get there, do it, do it. I'm so happy. I'm so excited because it's inspiring, and I don't think that enough women do that. Oh no, and um, you are a huge advocate. We've talked about this before, you know, like you and I met because of cancer and Ronnie yeah. and the bracelet. That's how we, our friendship started. Ronnie's with, my mom for anybody who doesn't know like, that. Like, <laughs> I think everybody should know that. Like, just everybody. Uh, Life with Ronnie. Ronnie, yeah. So I, I just lost my train of thought. No, we met because <laughs> I was buying a bracelet for my mom. My mom has 9-11 related stage four kidney cancer. 
And um, so like, you know, so yes, our journeys are together. I started to lose faith in my company and you rallied behind me and kept me going. Yeah. You are such a supporter of women. Like you believe not to be jealous. I really do believe that. I really do. And and I'm going to to say it's because I always lived in a life of lacking. Hmm. I always okay. I I I lacked. I always watched other people other people have always had more than me. They've had more money, more siblings, more fun, bigger vacations, bigger houses. We lived a life of of what others would say was lacking. And when you get a moment here and there when you actually get something, yeah, I'm perfect example, silliest example. I was a little kid, my mother went to bingo, never won, came home one night, won the jackpot. The jackpot at that time, because it was before 1970, was $176. That was a lot of money back then, though. And I was like, are we going to Disney World? Like, just that <laughs> moment, which of course we were not, we were paying the electric bill, and maybe we were gonna have a steak instead of hamburger. But just in that moment of like, <gasps> My mother got something and seeing how excited she was, my mom and I just had a conversation about this. I think it made me understand that at some point, I'll, I'll have more at some point. And wanting that feeling for other people is like, oh my God, isn't this a, like the greatest thing, the best thing? And throughout my life, I've, I've always had less just because of whatever the circumstances were. But I finally realized like, I won't feel like I have less if I just appreciate where I am and what I have and, and how I'm getting along on the journey. I may have been self-conscious, I may not have had any confidence, but the more I became my friends' cheerleaders, the more I felt like I was part of it. You know, it didn't have to be mine. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be ours to enjoy. We can take the ride with other people and still feel like, damn, I know her, oh my God. And I knew her when, and I knew her when, and I knew her when, and it's just kind of grown. And I just love being that person. <laughs> and and you, you are 100%. Now, see, I feel like I became this way because I'm so curious. See? Now, my mother, like, growing up would be like, oh, my God, what are you writing a book? Like, I just, I must have, like, driven her crazy. Yeah. Like, constantly said it to me. And... I feel like if you get somewhere, why the hell shouldn't you share how you got there? Exactly. So my sister would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just asked that woman that. But I'm like, but I want to know how she bought a house. I want to buy a house one day. I want to know every single kind of tip that there is. Yeah. Why can't we as women do that? Oh, I love that. I was always afraid to ask questions. Oh, I'm always putting my foot in my mouth. I was afraid, asking way too many. No, questions. I was always afraid to ask questions because honestly, I was like, "Oh my God, they're just gonna they're just gonna show me how much I really can't do this." Like that's what I mean. Like that mindset that you don't know that you don't know you have lacking. But like I had a friend who had a boat, and I got to go on the boat with her. I was like, "Oh, I got a little taste of this. This is nice." nice? Yeah. Yours was curiosity. I didn't know that. Yeah, I I just think that. It, it, it was curiosity, and then growing up and going through, you know. My 30s, 40s, and, you know, approaching 50, now I'm going to be 51. It was also learning about 
jealousy and my feelings about jealousy mm-hmm. and what it did to me when I was younger. And were you I, jealous when you were younger? Oh my god! I mean, we've so, all been jealous. I was, je- I was so jealous. None of us is perfect. We've all been jealous of someone, especially yeah. when we were younger. Yeah, I yeah. think I was. You know, you know, I was. A, I was a very early business owner. Mm. I had my storefront. I was like twenty eight. Oh my god! So and I had a, you know a five year old at home, mm-hmm. you know. So I was really young and wasn't really set up for the best of success because I didn't have a bankroll, you know? So when I would look at other women in the neighborhood who were doing really well, I was jealous of it. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, oh my God, if we could all could have just reached out to each other, we all could have shared such success. Yes. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So now as I got older and now I get that feeling like, Oh my God! Wait, that's not jealousy. It's it's that feeling is I want to do that mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. right? Like when you wrote a like like you're like write this book. Oh my God, I'm so proud. And then it came out about the anthology mm-hmm. and all these opportunities for like you know like you and I are in the same book, mag- magnificently made. And it's like I saw that post. I was like this feeling. It's like oh, it, I was jealous of who posted, but I'm able as an adult now, right? To be like, oh, that's not that's that's jealousy because it's God telling me I want to do it. And I wonder if that's really jealousy, though, because I always feel like when you're jealous of someone, you there's part of you that resents that they have it and you don't. And I don't hear you saying that you resented them. No, but it's that that say it's that feeling that how okay. it starts. Okay. All right. Now I get it. Now right? I get it. So yeah. like some so a like, girl might be resentful. like like no you to be resentful. No, but it's that first feeling. And so if you can just switch that mm-hmm. to realize that oh, it's just really I want to do something similar. Maybe I should just go out and reach out to that woman and see how she did it. Right. Yeah. Like I want to travel or I I want to do that. I I want a business. So it's just like if you can just take those lessons and use them and just be open um you know i that probably started with the beginning of the business too when i would be out i was very very open when other business owners would come over to me at a flea market Mm -hmm. and be like oh my god you have all you you look like you have all your shit together Mm -hmm. and i'd be like oh no honey i don't like you know so i'm very (laughs) open and honest and i think that's really how the progression of me maturing happened yeah. Like when you share your successes and failures with somebody. And yes. then I realized how appreciative the other women of were of me being so honest. Yes. And, and, and you know, again, it's unsilenced, unashamed, unstoppable. There is shame in failure. Oh. There is shame in failure because, you know, people who succeed are put on a pedestal and people who fail are forgotten. But there is so much to be learned in the failure. Oh my God! Do you and know how many times people... I've, I've I've learned a lesson? Yes, but you know what? <laughs> people don't know how many times the person who has succeeded has failed because that person does not tell the truth. See, that drives me crazy. Well, yeah. That I do not resent. I am not jealous of of your success. Your success gives hope and inspiration to people who may not think that they could ever do it. That gives hope to the to the little girl who's like, one day I want to be that person. What I dislike is that you won't be honest. You'll sit up there and you'll make it like it was easy right, and that right. you were able to do something that the people who have experienced failure 
couldn't fi- they couldn't find that secret sauce. The secret sauce, as my friend Lucy Dickinson calls it, the secret sauce is working and failing and working and failing and crying and being scared. But still, there's something in you that says, this is meant for me. I just haven't figured out how I can do it. Mm-hmm. So all those failures are are steps so that you can get up there. The thing that I love about you and the thing that I love about women in general is when we can stumble and fall and be honest about it. When I can look at you and I can say, oh, Chrissy, no, 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 don't do that. Trust me, that's a dead end. Just just keep going in the direction you're going. I don't know if it's going to be, I don't know where that's going to lead you, but I can tell you exactly where this will not lead you. Women need to do that. Right. You know, I just had this, um, so my daughter just graduated yes. college. Yes. Um, so she's out in the real world. Yes. Yes. So, but it's interesting hearing her story of where she's working mm-hmm. and her girlfriend's stories. Yes. So I love one, one girl cries like every night when she gets home. She's working for a big cosmetic company mm-hmm. and she asks for help. And then her, the, her supposed mentors are like, no, you need to learn like I did. Oh my like, God, and just that. like, and belittles her, them. So I'm like, what, what? This is not the world we're in right now. No. We're supposed to be lifting each other up and empowering each other as women. Like, you you can't just say, oh, you know, how about just do it like this here? I'm going to teach you a couple of tricks. Like, this is what I did. This is how I got through it. But no, they're like, no, you should suffer like I did. What is that? I See, don't to know. me, I don't that's know. jealousy. I don't want you to have what I have. If you're going to have what I have, you're going to have to follow the same road because it shouldn't be easier than you. What? Isn't life about sharing our experiences so that the people who follow us can get there a little quicker? Yeah, but it's stupid on her part because you can't get promoted at work unless you have somebody there to take your position. Short-sightedness. Love that. So love but, that you put, you pointed that out, yeah. So now continue because I know you, yeah I know yeah, your daughter's yeah. story yeah. is so and but now goes to my daughter who walks into this wonderful environment with loving, caring women who just gave her the opportunity to excel at the things that she loves doing, and they're like, okay, go for it, you know, and just it's she is so fortunate and blessed to be where she is, and she's loving her job. Oh, she and she is, she is. And she's really excelling. And they're setting her up for success. Yes. Because her success is their success. Yes. Yeah. See, I don't. Even in friendships. Yes. You know, look, look at Sarah Blakely. Okay. Like, so if you're watching, you know, she took all her girlfriends that she's been friends with for the past 25 years. She takes them away every year. Yes. Right. So like, if you're just that friend in the beginning, that's like, oh my God, yeah, go sell your Spanx. Yeah. I believe in you. Right. You're never alone. Your friends, like you yourself. I know if you won like a million dollars, I know that we would all be so like blessed by you. Oh, but I've I've said this. Like no matter what you have, you give. I've said. In any way you can. I used to say if. Now I say when I become a thing and I am making great money, I'm going to pay off all my family's houses. I'm going to start that community for abused women. I'm going to build those houses. But before I do all that, I'm going to have one moment when I rent a private plane 
and it could be driv- it could be you know piloted by John Travolta if I can afford him. <laughs> um, stuffing it with all of my friends. I'm renting out a private island and we are going and we are going to celebrate and we are going to have fun. And every step of my success that I go on, everybody's coming with me. Why would you want to be a successful by yourself? How boring, boring could that be? Don't you want people around you that are like, but there are people who are like, no, those are the people that are sucking off of you. Those are the people that want something. Oh, no, 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 no. If you've got the right people around you, why wouldn't you want them to be with you? Why? And why would, if an opportunity arises, why don't you think first who you know? Oh, no, I don't know anybody. Oh, come on. We all, we all know somebody that could benefit. We all know somebody that can benefit. Why is it? No, it's got to be mine, 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 mine. No. It can be everybody's. There's so much to go around. So much. There's so much money to go around. There's so much knowledge to go around. It's, 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 I just can't understand myself when I'm around women like that. And I've had to like separate myself from like situations like that. Like it's, life is too short. Yeah. And you know, being a survivor, I mean, it's like words that I live by every day. Do you think that as a survivor, that people who survive traumatic things, maybe they look at things differently or they have a different appreciation? Or do you just think it's it's the person themselves? Or maybe it's a little of both. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Yeah. So look at your situation. Mm-hmm. You, you, the, the abuse that you endured. Mm. And then when you're in a life where you're empowered and living on your own and taking care of mommy and mm-hmm. you're like don't you appreciate that you're not in those days oh my gosh yeah i do it 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 um i guess it inspires me to want more it inspires it it, it gives me a little bit of like push a little kick in the butt like all right so what are you gonna do with this let's let's right. go further with this you right. know let's figure it out a little bit more so yeah but i i look at life through traumatic eyes I always will in on some level whether it's mm-hmm. a, it, whether it's apparent to me or not I'm always going to look at something and think god I, you know I don't want them to go through that what you know how can I make it easier because nobody made it easier for me and I know that's the basis of it nobody made my life easier for me and whether it was because they couldn't or because they didn't know there's nothing in my life that has come easy except except the house that I live in. And that was a gift from someone. You know, I, I still pay rent to live there, but, but, if, but I, if, at, a, at, a, at a point I was technically homeless. I just had a family that took me in. But um, but if you didn't go through what you went through, you wouldn't have been in that opportunity. I wouldn't have been in that opportunity. And it's funny because now that we're talking about this, the proudest moment that I've ever had as a woman who truly well, I shouldn't say that because when you kind of convey, every time you tell me, but you kept me going, I just feel so warm inside. I'm like, I, I'll have a moment where I'll be like, thank you, God, for making me this way. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I'm a good person because, you know, my whole life I didn't think I was. But the the real, the moment that I realized I was doing it was I was a real estate agent and I love networking. You know that. Yes, I love great like, at it. Oh, yes. Look, oh, you need somebody? I know somebody. And and it's usually women because men, I don't know, men, maybe men don't think that women have a lot to offer in terms of opportunities. I don't know. Or maybe it's a, a man thing, a woman thing. I don't know. Uh, that's another conversation. But um, I was starting a networking group 
And I was going to be the realtor in that networking group. This was my group. I'm going to have the realtor seat because in networking groups, everybody has a seat. One contractor, one lawyer, one whatever. Mm-hmm. And this new agent had just started. And she came bounding in the office and she sat in front of me and she's like, hey, I heard you're starting a networking group. Let's talk about it. I want to learn about this. I want to join. She had no idea what a networking group was. And why would she? She wasn't, she was never in a, this was her first time as a real estate agent, as it was mine. And some of the seasoned agents who knew what it was about kind of looked at me like, "Uh uh-oh, you're going to have to tell her. So I said, come on, let's go into the conference room. Sat in the conference room and talked a little bit and- I liked her automatically when she first started. And she said to me, so tell me about this. How does this work? Like, you know, I've heard it could really help my business. And I swear to you, Chrissy, in that moment, I had a choice to make. That I could look at this young girl who was in her 30s and was full of everything she needed to be the best agent ever. I just felt it in my bones. And I could look at her and say, well, this is how it works and you can't have the seat. Mm-hmm. Or I could decide in that moment, and this was a split second, that I would take the seat for Marilyn's place because I had Marilyn's place at the time. And I sat there looking at her and it's gonna make me cry because I remembered being that girl mm-hmm. who just wished like someone would tell me one thing that could make me succeed in this thing that I knew she loved so much. I could tell she was going to be good. And I just looked at her and I said, well, you know, the realtor seat is open because I'm going in for Marilyn's place and she knew about Marilyn's place. And it was a lie. Hmm. But I thought in that split second, all right, I'll try to, my dream is Marilyn's place. Let me see if I can get something out of it. So hard to get a deal in a networking group. And we went outside Two other people in the office knew instantly, and she went bounding at the office, and they turned around, they looked at me, they said, why did you do that? First thing they said to me was, no one in this office needs the commissions more than you. Hmm. I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And I looked them right in the eye, and I said, do you not realize that someone just bought a house that I could live in? Because that's what I thought. Marilyn's place is the house that I was able to live in. Someone went and bought a house and told me, I could live in that house. When I had no roof of my own over my head, and you don't think that I owe the universe something for that? Mm -hmm. And it was like I looked at her in the eye and I thought, this is my moment to be a mature woman who Mm -hmm. looks at a young woman. She went into that first networking meeting. (laughs) Trust me, I had a moment. She walked out with two deals. Is this who I think it is? It's Carla. It is Carla. I had been in a networking group for almost five years and only walked out with one deal in five years. In one meeting, she walked out with two. Three, four years later. Yeah, she's like the top salesperson out there. She is killing it. And I quiet every time she kills it, it's my God touch. You see, you were right. She had everything. I don't take credit for her success because she... She buys Christmas trees for her clients when they can't afford it. Mm-hmm. I look at that and I say, if every person would just do that once, imagine, imagine what the world would look like. Right. Imagine that. Trickles of kindness all over. The trickles of kindness. 
I could very easily look at her and go, that could be me. That could have been me. No, it can't be me because I'm not her. I gave her an opportunity and she ran with it. You could have, you could have crushed her. I could have crushed her dream and I could have made it as hard for her to become a successful real estate agent as it was for me mm-hmm. because I couldn't achieve that excess. No matter how much everybody said you, I, you, could, you could be the best. The one thing they didn't tell me was that I needed a good $20,000 in the bank to get me through the first year. Mm. And I always was behind, mm-hmm. always behind, always trying to catch up, always trying to live. And I just didn't want that for her. Give her the opportunity, see what she does with it. This is why our friendship works. Right. Because you're the same way. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, you just want to see other women succeed. Yeah. I mean, we all can, you know, it really comes down to we really all can succeed. Yes. You know, and if that's, if it's not your time, then it's just not your time. And, you know, for whatever, however many people that we've helped out, there's always somebody behind us that are talking about about us. And we inspire other women to do good, too. You know, like today I had a... Everybody know. who knows you loves you. No. They do. Not everybody, but... Yeah. Well, <laughs> Not anybody everybody. who knows me and knows that I love you tells me they love you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... So, like, to bring it back to, like, to my cancer, you know, yes. this morning I'm talking to somebody who's going for a double mastectomy tomorrow. And... You know, she hasn't publicly announced it. She's told many people. She told the place where she works. And she said to me, I am so grateful. I've decided to announce it today because I watched your journey. And because you shared, it helped me. And I realize now that it's my place to share so that I can help somebody else. Oh, my God. So, um, and I was just like, oh, like, oh, that, that feeling, like. Yeah, like, it, it, so if every woman can do that no matter what it is, whether it's cancer or being abused, you know, like so many people, you don't know what's going on behind their doors. You know, so if we could just have an honest conversation about really what's going on, you know, marriage has its struggles, you know, having kids has their struggles, you know, there's they're just drugs, there's alcohol, there's so many things. So if we could just be nice to people, mm-hmm. yeah, we can really make a difference in the world. We can. We can make a huge difference in the world. And then we can find ourselves in the same book. We are. We are. So, okay, before we talk about that. Okay. Are you writing your own book? Um, well, I'm not writing. Well, because you referred to, you know, okay. when you saw that I published my book and everything. So are you, because I've always. You've got I've, a story, girl. I have a story. So. I've had a couple of ideas, right? I've wanted to write a children's book, Noble Norm, after my dad, and it's sitting there and there's pictures, but like it's like, eh, something happened. And then I had another idea for a children's book called uh, What Can I Do, God? It's Only Little Old Me. Mm-hmm. And I started drawing that. It's about a girl, um, a little girl. Yeah, but let, let me put it out into the world. So it's about a little girl whose best friend's dog dies of cancer, and she decides... She wants to cheer her up, but she doesn't know how. And God comes and talks to her and gives her the idea. And it's basically teaching the girl to fundraise. You know, I'm a huge fundraiser. So like how this girl and the other girl can do things to raise money for cancer, make her friend feel good. Just like taking the stories about like what I did and how to inspire children Mm because we have to teach them young that they can make a difference in the world. And it doesn't have to start when you're an adult. It can be just, you could start fundraising at, at eight years old, like my great niece, Gianna. Ah, oh, love Gianna. Yeah. Mm. So 
And then uh, our publisher, Jen, while she was selling the anthology to me, put this little seed in my head going, Chrissy, I think, you know, one day you're going to write an anthology of your own about breast cancer. And sure enough, last week, I'm in the shower two weeks ago, I'm like, and the, the cover of the book came to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so my dream is to call it Uplift. Love and, that. Oh, my God. You know, that. you know, because my vented Uplift. Um, you know, and I can see like a woman with her, her breast on the cover with her scars and her hands across it. And it would just be like a prequel to cancer. Like, so there's so many books out there that like, oh, after what happened. I want women to be able to have the luxury that I had with 30 different stories of survivors mm -hmm. and what they chose so that when you're diagnosed, you can make that decision yourself like I was, like a single mastectomy, a double mastectomy, a lumpectomy. I just want people to be inspired and have that gift that I had. So yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of. <laughs> I love that because you taught me so much about just cancer in general and the different avenues that you can go. Um, you explained to me why, you know, in a little bit more detail. You made it easy for me to say, but well, why didn't you go that way? And why did you do this? And why, you know, some people might look at you and say, wow, you weren't really radical. But no. People she, did tell me I was radical, yes. But but it's because you did the research. You, you weren't. And I do think that sometimes when people are hit with something like that, they do want to just listen to their doctor because maybe it's so overwhelming and they're so scared. It's like, look, you're the expert. Just do what you think is best. Right. You right. did not do that. No, I did not. No. And, and, you know, and at the same time, I have another girlfriend who I'm trying to help and guide her, but she shuts down mm -hmm. as soon as she's at the office. Yeah. Right. So like it's like like I gave her a list of questions. I'm like, you know, like, OK, no, when they tell you they're always going to tell you do a lumpectomy. Mm. And and anything that I say, of course, everybody has is entitled to their own opinion. Right. No, this do is their just own your experience. Thing. This is just my experience. You have to question the doctors. They're yeah. not right. Right. You know, like you have to go in there and be an advocate for yourself. And if you can't, you have to bring that person that's going to poke them. Right. You know, oh, yes. You know, when one, you know, as we talk about, well, like bring it back to the chapter in the book, you know, is about my son, Michael, and his uh, his journey with his, when he was born and he had open heart surgery. And my mom saved my son's life because she was watching the nurse talk to the doctor through the nursery. And the nurse was advocating for my son to go to the ICU. And the doctor was like, there's nothing wrong with this kid. And the doctor walked out of that uh, out of labor and delivery. My mother put her against the wall. And said, if that nurse with 30 years of experience thinks there's something wrong with my son, yes, my grandson, you know, he needs to go to the ICU. I want him moved right now. Wow. You know, and that I woman the next day after his diagnosis of, you know, that he's going to need open heart surgery was like, couldn't even look at our, look at us. Yeah. Yeah. So you, ha you have to be an advocate for yourself yes. or for others. Do you think sometimes people feel like I just don't know enough about it? You know, I'm, I may say something and sound stupid or oh yes yes yeah. yes i mean even if you know statistically women do not ask their doctor questions like yeah. you know there's some study you know like a man will ask questions and a woman will not mm -hmm. we just like take the answer because yeah you know you feel like you're yeah you're right like i'm not a breast expert you're the breast expert yeah but but mm. yeah when you're talking about your life or the life of someone that you love um 
I didn't know anything about cancer until my mom had a surgery. Mm-hmm. And I could just see from the doctor's face she was in recovery. Yeah, well, you know, we got... And my my brother has said to me that that's what it looked like. He said, but you just you walked right in and you just literally cornered her. Mm-hmm. And you said, you're going to tell me if when I bring my mother home, I can tell her everything is okay, or if I have to tell her she has cancer. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want her hearing about this in the doctor's office after we told her everything is okay. And she said to me, she has cancer. I said, okay, thank you. What kind? Would it? And there was power in that and being able to take control and say, okay, this is how I know my mother would want me to handle it. Just like you said, I want to make the decision and handle it the way that I want to handle it yeah. for myself. Yeah, I felt empowered when I was, you know, when I that doctor came out after ten years of every six months worrying about where if it was growing yeah. during those six months, right? Yeah, I like, can you imagine know, that. anxiety constantly. You know, like two weeks before my mammogram, they were like, my family would be like, "What's wrong with you?" Mm-hmm. And they're like, "Oh, mom's going for a skin." You know, like it was just this constant fear. So when she came out that day, I was like, "Yes, you son of a bitch, we got you, and it's early." Yeah. You know, like I didn't ever like let it be like, oh God, why me? Or a cry like that. You know, like it's one out of eight women have have are going to have a journey with breast cancer. Right. So it, it's about taking power and control of every situation and being that advocate. Yes, and you definitely are that advocate. You're I've had so everything. many wonderful women who have taught me and shared their stories with me. I'm just continuing it. Yeah, but it's. I don't know. Do you look at it like the way that I see it? Like you're literally saving lives. Hmm. Is that a little too much for you to that's handle? A little, that's way too much for me to handle. I'd like to think like I inspire people to go get their, their checkup or to be, not be afraid. I'm hoping like I, to take some of the fear away. To, yeah. to look like, you know, you know, the woman we're raising money for this, this past month, you know, I was notified that – you message from a friend she's like do you know she passed away yesterday I'm like what you know like we we don't know what's Wait gonna minute, happen what? what so you know the raffle that I've been doing this month yeah for that woman she passed away like yeah stage four cancer diagnosed in December but this is like the, the third, ovarian cancer yeah this is like the third story um in the past couple of months my ex-sister-in-law um, she had breast cancer a year and a half ago. She just had, um, she had a lumpectomy and radiation. A year and a half goes, she's fine. She goes to the doctor, I don't feel well. And two weeks later, she was dead. She, you know, the it spread from her breast to her liver, to her stomach, to her kidney. So, you know, there are those horrible stories that pass and, you know, and children hear cancer. But I want so many people to know that there's good stories. You know, you know that somebody that I love just went through a journey and they're they're good, too. Like, I, I don't want people to hear that word and think death. Mm. I want them to think hope and, you know, uh, fundraising and good things and cheering people on and being a cheerleader. And yes, cancer changes you. It changes you for the better. It, it brings amazing people in, into your life Yeah, if you let it, and it increases your faith. So let's talk about the fundraising because that is a huge part about who you are. 
Yes. And um, you have managed to, you always seem to manage to gather an army of people who support you and do these, are parts of these wonderful things that you spearhead. Yeah, I'm very fortunate to have crazy women that, you know, and men that will just like, oh, Chrissy, I'm like, you know, there's sometimes I'm like, oh, my God, I must be so annoying. How many people blocked me on Facebook? Because I'm just like, oh, there she goes again doing something. But I'm like, you know, my mother's like, you know, Chrissy, maybe you do too much. Like, give people a break to, like, you know, save some money. And I'm like, but people don't always have to do something, you know, and I've explained. Listen, there's been times when I've said to you, Chrissy, you know paycheck didn't come in I can't like I'm sorry I feel terrible but you know I still try like anything because it just feels good well yes and it does feel good right that whole giving strength you know to get strength it's empowering and it doesn't have to when you're fundraising you know like somebody's like oh my god I gotta go raise a hundred thousand dollars it's not that if you can raise $100 for somebody, that can be a difference to somebody. So yes. if you can just have, you know, during uh, COVID with a, a girlfriend, we started Fair It Forward. Mm-hmm. And that's when I just asked people to give their daily fare that they were saving working from the couch. And, you know, to get – we, we we raised $20,000 by people giving $5, $5, $5. And what did you raise it for? What was fair at for, forward? That was for the people who lost their jobs and the, the government haven't kicked in any assistance. So we helped them pay for their rent or pay some bills or just put some food in their fridge. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I, yeah. And something that just starts with an idea and say just a little bit here, $5. Yeah. Thank you. $20,000 mm-hmm. you raised. $20,000. That's amazing. And you did that. It's beyond amazing. It's mind-blowing, actually. Um, then you did something which I loved the for the waitress. You had found oh, out about yeah, a waitress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so a friend had just shared, a, like, you know, like one of those, like, sweet, like, uh, Facebook stories mm-hmm. about, like, gifting somebody. Um, a, it was like a... a uh, they met monthly, and mm-hmm. they decided that every month they're going to give a big tip. And I was just like, "All right, I let's just do this for somebody." Right. And we, yeah, we raised over a thousand dollars for a stranger in Staten Island. Yes. And the thing was, we never ever actually went out to dinner. We all just gave her money. You yeah. Know, like, because COVID happened, everybody got sick. Everybody was afraid because it was right before Christmas. But yeah, I think we gave her about twelve hundred dollars. I, I actually thought it was like seventeen. Was it? I I thought it was closer to two thousand. Because I kept watching it and I was like, oh, my God, does she see how big this is getting? Yeah. You know, and I mean, I recently just did something for a friend who um, was having had cancer and he had um, throat cancer and he was taking the train to treatment every day. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And we gave him three thousand dollars on Christmas Day. Like some of my friends are like. Here's, you know, here's five, here's 50, here's 100. I had somebody give 500, you know, so people do realize how good it makes you feel to give, to do good. Like, you know, like you give up, it's a cup of coffee, right? Like you skip Starbucks for the day and And you can really make a difference in somebody's life. I think that's the bigger message. And that's the thing that I love about your fundraisers is, no, it doesn't have to be $100. It could be $5. It could be... And, and I have been in that situation, as I just admitted to you, where I'm like, I, I'm kind of tight and I really want to be part of this. And I don't, 
I don't really know how to do this, or you're embarrassed. You know, it's not easy to turn around and say, I don't know if I have $25. Who doesn't have $25? Sometimes I don't have $25. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, but you know what? I could give five, and maybe next week I can give another five. Maybe for the next three weeks I can give $5, and no, I didn't reach the 25 but I can give 15 And everybody can be a part of that. It's not just, it's got to be a certain amount of money. And again, stop being ashamed of your situation if you want to help right. someone. Right. Stop feeling like, I can't, I can't, you can. And if you genuinely can't, then I, I, I've seen that you've written, then just send a prayer. You know, just yeah. say a prayer. Say or this person's share the name. Post. Share the post. See if somebody else can participate. There's so there's no um, exclusion. You know, yeah. everybody can be a part of it in some way, shape, or form. And when I see your fundraisers get up, go up, I always, I always know it's going to be a success in more than one way. It's going to be a, su- a success financially. You're going to either come very close to your goal, surpass your goal, or just get a certain amount of money that's a nice amount of money that's going to help somebody, is going to help their life in some way, shape, or form. On top of that, you're going to get people who are sharing it and also praying for them because, you know, Again, the one who never goes to church, but I do believe in the power of prayer. I've seen it with my own mother. I've seen it with my friends. And, you know, I just, you're just one of these women who is always looking to lift others. Oh, 100%. And and just add such goodness to their life and, and want people to join you in it, you know, want to share that, like, look how good this feels. Yeah, but you're just like that for all of us. I try. I really do try. But for me, it's terrible. It's like I'm like a kid in an amusement park. I I am. I get so excited. I'm just like, (laughs) oh, my God, I just introduced them. Look what they're doing together. You know, like I just, I don't know. I I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I'm really grateful that that's one of my traits. You know, that you just had, like, I just flashed back to when I was little. So to to realize what something's your power, but at one point in your life, you looked at it as a negative. Yeah. Okay. So when I was a little girl, like I remember like going on all these vacations and stuff and making friends. And I always seemed to like connect people and they were better friends mm-hmm. than than me. Right. Yeah. So like you looked at it like, oh, oh that's happened to me. Yeah. But but. As I'm gotten older, it's realizing, no, I'm really good at connecting people yes. and having them be successful. Yes. Right? I, I was the facilitator. Right. Somehow these two people were supposed to come into each other's lives. I was the facilitator. Yes, I guess I do have a moment here and there where I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Like, you're my friends, too. I think we all go through that. Yes, yes. Oh, but when you look soup. at the bigger picture, you're like, yeah, but look how great this is. Like, you know, yeah, this is. This is how it's supposed to be. And you can just kind of let it be the way that it is instead of that jealousy, instead of that envy. Um, but a lot of, you know, we're all human. It's our humanness to feel that way, you know, to feel a little bit like, yeah, to feel that way. Yeah, no, it's okay to sometimes not, you know, be a little sad that you're not the life. As long of, as you don't you're live not... in it. Right. As long as you don't let it define you and define that friendship, that right. those friendships that you could be damaging with it. But I think that all goes back to being open because that self-doubt as a woman as we're getting older. Yeah. Right? So that whole menopause thing, right? Like, you know, like, oh, 
like, you know, people look at me and like, oh, my God, you're such a success. I have such crazy, like, self-doubt and, like, I'm so hard on myself. But, you know, that that's why I share it openly because everybody else is like, oh, yeah, I feel the same way, too. Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, just be honest. I do that. I almost feel like when people compliment me. <laughs> It it spurs me. It just is like the fuel to make me go, no, wait a minute. I got to tell you the truth. I know. And I think I started doing that a little bit out of guilt and discomfort. Like, I don't want to I don't want to appear like something I'm not. And then it just became, oh, wait a minute. No, a lot of people feel this way and they're just not saying it. Remember that person that's all the way up there. I, you know, people ask me if I follow um I don't want to say their names because it's not fair and I'm not trying to take a jab at them. But there are some very famous inspirational people who go out and they speak to hundreds of thousands of people and, you know, they have their catchphrases and people live by their words. And and I think that's wonderful. I think that's amazing. But I don't follow a lot of them. And I'm questioned, like, why don't why don't you follow this person? Why don't you follow that person? And I tell them, I'll follow that person when they just sit down honestly in a room full of 100,000 people and charge them $10 a head to tell them the truth about what it took for them to get there. I don't have $500 to add to their already billions of dollars. And I don't resent that they have it. But they have a story. And there are more people out there than not that can't afford that $500 ticket that need to hear what they're saying. And they're not allowing those people to hear their message. And shame on them that once a year, you can't have an event that everybody can afford and everybody can benefit from. Hmm. Shame on you for not sharing it with the whole world instead of just the people that can afford it. Like I I have, because I have always been one of those people who can't afford it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not spending $500, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I can't afford that money to come and see you. And, and I know that I could be missing a message that maybe will change my life or maybe will make me look at something differently. But I can't afford you. And I know that you can afford to rent out a really big space and just cover your expenses. I'm not asking for the for the loud music and the dancing and the big you know presentations. Come out on stage. Sit in the middle of it. Put a spotlight on yourself and say, let me tell you a story. And change my life a little bit. That's what it is to give back. That's what. That's why this friendship is such a gift to me because that's what it is. It's not about what can I give to you. What can what can what can you give to me? It's about how can we help each other, right? And how can we celebrate each other? How can Chrissy Canny get a seat on my plane? <laughs> Because I want Chris Candy and a lot of people on the plane with me. I don't want to be doing this alone. No, I want to be right there. And I know. Oh, you'll be there. And I, if I know you, you'll be the one piloting it. No, 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 everybody, <laughs> sit down. Because I, I, might, I might be bossy in this Chrissy, situation. Chrissy, could you just take care of this for me? I've asked you to take care. Yes, I've asked yes. you to take care of some very personal things for me yes. that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to let you do this because I can't do this. But um, everybody's mind can wander where where it wants on that. But okay. Well, you know, sad things. Yes, yes, yes. Particularly yes. a sad thing that I just I can't face right now. So it's like, Chrissy, could you take care of that for me? Sure, I'm gonna do, and I know she's gonna do it well. Um, but yeah, I hope that when people listen to this, not only. Not only do they support this business because this 
Yeah, I I loved it. The second I saw, I learned about it. I loved it. Um, my mom has one of the original bracelets. I love that. Um, she I have Brooklyn several one? of my own. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I just I hope that people listen to this and they look up Venton in Brooklyn, and they understand that there's someone in their life who needs an inspirational word because that's what they are. They have all these inspirational words. They can put. They, how do you say it? put a put a drop you of have sen- put a drop of essential oil right in the back? What do I put? Yeah, I no, say? but it was like you had a you had a tagline. Feel good, smell good, do good. Yeah, I think that was it. I think that was it. But it's just taking that essential oil, putting it in, inhaling, smelling it, inhaling ex- it, exhale. and yeah. and it it's just an amazing gift. And and it does it, it's a pay it forward company, which I love. Yeah, which I love so much. Yeah. And I love you so much. I love you more. And um, I hope that people listen to this conversation and really are inspired to just continue to support each other genuinely. Not because it looks good, but because it's the way it should be. It makes, you, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel really good. It's a good thing, as Martha Stewart would say. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for everybody who is still following this podcast and hopefully getting a little inspiration from it. That's what it's all about. It's about being unsilenced, unashamed, uh, but most importantly, unstoppable. And that's what we are. So thanks for listening and have a good night.